Uh, hi, my name is Derek Brazil, and this is my awesome wife, Stacy. Uh, before we get going, uh, let me say a prayer for us. Uh, dear Lord, we just want to thank you for this day and for all the blessings that you've given to us. Uh, thank you, Lord, for this ministry and for the, the people that you put in our way in our lives. And thank you, Lord, for the people that you put in the way of all the other folks in this room. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I just ask that you can bless our story tonight and bless this ministry that hopefully uh, these individuals can see Jesus in you and that they can move closer to you and closer to oneness. In your son's name, amen. So Stacy and I have been married for 11 years. Uh, we have five children. They're on the screen. Uh, Jordan is 20. Josh is also 20. Uh, Layton is eight and makes up new words. Uh, Lexi is seven and Liam is six. Uh, I want to start tonight by saying that we're very glad that you all are here tonight. You're not alone in dealing with serious problems in your marriage. Not that long ago, we sat where you're sitting right now. Actually, we always sat kind of way in the back over, over there. Um, and we wondered like you're wondering now. We listened to people's stories and we tried to see hope in the darkest of moments like you may be doing now. We wanted an answer like many of you may be wanting now. And I will say this. The answer is here if you're paying attention. Mm-hmm. So my home life growing up was very unstable. My parents spent um, a good deal of my childhood in and out of marriages. I moved back and forth between my parents or my grandmother, typically not staying in the same place over a year or two. My parents were not religious, but my grandmother was and introduced me to the Lord. The relationship that I developed with him was one built out of fear. I believe that my heavenly father was much like my dad here on earth, and I found it very hard to trust him. Um, My dad struggled with alcohol and anger. Uh, Physical violence in our home was common, and I learned to quickly withdraw and isolate. As a teen, fear and anger toward him caused me to leave home. I found self-confidence and protection in being able to care for myself. I quickly realized that I was relying on a false sense of security. Shortly after turning 18, I attended a graduation party. I never get emotional. I don't know why I am. Um, and was raped by an ex-boyfriend and another person. I became pregnant as a result of this. Ooh, sorry, guys. I struggled with what to do with the pregnancy. In my family, unpre- unplanned pregnancy led to abortion. I went to what I thought was an abortion clinic, um, but it turned out to be a Christian-based anti-abortion counseling center. <laughs> sorry. Ooh, sorry, guys. After looking over the material and speaking with the counselor, I couldn't move in that direction. Feeling like I had no other option, I contacted the ex-boyfriend and agreed to get married. I had Jordan a few weeks after my 19th birthday, and he's awesome. (laughs) After 10 years of being in a um, physically abusive relationship to the point that the lives of my son and myself were in a constant state of danger, the marriage ended. My ex-husband was not a believer, and I would not pursue reconciliation. I want you to know that God's design for marriage is always reconciliation. If you are here tonight with divorce as an option, we pray that you step back and allow God to restore your marriage. I'm usually the emotional one. I know. Like, why am I crying today? (laughs) And the reverb one. Closer? All right. Uh, To say that I was clueless about what uh, a godly marriage was or what a godly man looked like uh, is really the understatement of the millennium. My parents divorced when I was too young to remember, but I remember that it was infidelity that was the cause. 
I grew up with my mom in a poor part of town, and she raised me as a single mother for most of my childhood. She went in and out of relationships, and as I got older, promiscuity was encouraged as long as I was safe. I constantly looked to my mother's attention and affection and realized that I got it through achievement. Uh, I confused female attention with being valued, and the clear and misguided message to me was that was where you find your true value in life is from your relationships and from your successes. My only real exposure to Jesus was from my grandmother, who I would stay with for long periods of time in the summer. Other than that, God did not really come up in our home except for the occasional visit to church for Easter or Christmas. It wasn't until my freshman year at Baylor when I had an upperclassman that mentored me and I accepted Christ. But even after accepting him, my relationship with Christ was spotty at best. If things were bad, I would turn to him. Otherwise, I would say, stay out of my way, Lord. I got this. While my college years were relatively tame, my law school years and time as a young lawyer in Dallas were the opposite. I worked hard, and I played even harder. I went between dating one woman at a time in succession uh, and to dating around. The world and even my parents encouraged me to play the field in a very unchristian way. In 2003, though, I went to the dentist to deal with a broken tooth. And at the time, I had a live-in girlfriend, but that relationship was ending. And although I'd been to the dentist a couple of times before, at the end of this visit, uh, this very attractive redhead started flirting with me and threw her card at me. Not red anymore. I got you, baby. (laughs) And it was near my birthday. And so a few days later, uh, she sent me a happy birthday email. That seemed a little odd from uh, my dentist's office because this was in the days before constant contact does that all the time. Um, So I asked. I said, is this from you? Is this from the dentist? And she said it was from her. So I asked her out to lunch. Derek and I had met at the worst of times, if you're looking at it from a biblical perspective. I was living in full rebellion against God. I made my son my life, and when he was away, I spent my time pursuing men for comfort. Derek and I started our relationship with the understanding that it would be just physical. I wanted to have fun and not get serious. I did not trust men and had no desire for anything more. As we spent time together, my feelings for Derek changed. I could see a sweet and compassionate side to him. He was able to talk about feelings and help me to do the same. After six months of dating, I introduced him to Jordan, and they grew close quickly. I believed that I had met my soulmate. He would make my life very happy. I knew that Derek had some issues to work on, but I minimized those, and we got married February 12, 2005. That's 11 years just this past week. Yay. (laughs) Working on it. So, marriage 1.0. Uh, for some people, the shine wears off the marriage after just a few years. Uh, for us, it was the rehearsal dinner and probably before. In my effort to find affirmation from something worldly, I was late to my rehearsal dinner because I put my work first. It turns out that I put almost everything in the world first before my wife. My pattern of needing affirmation from females had left me with very few guy friends, but plenty of women friends and coworkers. Despite my love for Stacy, I often placed unnecessary value on the opinions of these other women, and that did not go well with my new bride. I didn't make any effort to curb those friendships, and when Stacy insisted that I cut them off, or she sent emails from my email account doing it herself, I was... She did. Bold. <laughs> I was angry and resentful, because in my all-too-sinful mind, those were just friends, even if they were exes. My idea of having a perfect marriage ended quickly. Derek's unwillingness to end prior female relationships left me feeling insecure and fearful. As we struggled through our first year, I increasingly found fault in him. Instead of dealing with our issues, I withdrew my love. 
I could go days without saying a word to him. I knew he wanted my attention, but I was selfish and very immature. If I wasn't happy, he wasn't going to be happy either. I let my hurt turn to bitterness, and it festered into deep anger. I was looking to Derek to find all of my happiness. I wanted him to save me from my past and give me a better future. The person that I thought was going to fix me was failing. So I saw Stacy's distance, and I didn't trust her to love me, even though I craved her affection. Uh, at the time, uh, we did what all isolating couples do if they don't view divorce as an option, which we didn't. Uh, we decided to grin and bear it. So kids were next on the agenda, and we had three of them back to back to back. We decided to also to open our home to a foster son, and we filled our time with children and moved further and further away from each other. In short, we became two people living on two ends of an island. We were roommates with mutual responsibilities, but had virtually no connection. Our marriage was not in a good place. Anger quickly turned to depression for me. To help soothe myself, I made the children my idols and poured everything I had into them. I put my relationship with Derek to the side. He never, ever came before they did. I drew a big circle around myself and the children and placed Derek as far away from it as I could get him. Um, I would push um, him to spend time with the kids, and then I wanted him to go straight to work. Um, When Derek expressed concerns about me pushing him away, I was always ready with my best explanation. We have three kids under three. We don't have time for us. This created a safe place to hide, but my heart was hurting to have a loving marriage. We needed help, but I was too scared and broken to even try. It was outside the proverbial circle of trust. Uh, In Marriage 1.0, we looked at each other, our kids, my job, and ourselves to find happiness, hope, and light. Christ was not the center of our marriage. And because that is a recipe for disaster, disaster struck. A recently divorced woman at work started paying attention to me, and we began to have an affair. When Stacy discovered the affair, I felt relief, shame, guilt, and failure, but I had no idea how to heal my marriage. So after the affair, I was desperate. My family and friends encouraged divorce. I didn't want to leave my marriage, but I had no idea what to do to make things better. I started to believe that if we could just fix Derek and his struggles, everything would be okay. I was not willing to take responsibility for my part of the issues. We tried counseling, and that just made me very angry. As the counselor started to help me point the finger at Derek, I got scared. I knew it wasn't just Derek that needed help. I did too. I was a big mess. Um, I started praying again, and God responded. A few weeks later, we were blessed to get invited to Watermark. The first worship service was overwhelming. I cried through most of it. In the weekly bulletin, I noticed the re-engaged ministry, and we decided to give it a try. The first night was super difficult. Um, I had so much anger and hurt inside me, I felt like at any moment I might explode. As I sat and listened to the testimony, I began to relax. I felt some relief knowing there was at least one couple that had made it through the brokenness we were experiencing. For the first time, I had hope that our marriage could get better. Uh, We began at that point what we thought would be marriage 2.0, but it quickly went awry as well. Like sinners often do, I tried to pass the buck. Uh, I failed to take any responsibility for my bad decisions, and I blamed my bad choices on Stacy's isolation. I convinced myself that it was her fault. If she had just done X, Y, or Z, then none of this would have ever happened. It was total self-delusion inspired by the world and my own flesh. Again, I was looking at Stacy as the source of my happiness. I drew a circle around myself and took a few steps to work on me at the beginning, but I missed the most important thing of all. I had a giant Christ-shaped hole in my life, and I kept trying to fill it with everything but Christ, including starting a second affair. 
A few weeks into the re-engaged program, I knew something was wrong. I could see Derek, excuse me, was falling into old patterns. He had hired a new female attorney against my wishes, and I knew we were headed for danger. My unwillingness to deal with conflict made me unable to address the issue well. I was controlled by fear. I began to pull away from Derek again, but I turned to our new community for help. Proverbs 24, 6, and I memorized it. Surely you need guidance to wage war, and victory is won through many advisors. My marriage was under attack, and I had to fight for it. I had to own up to my part, push through the pain, and work with Derek to rebuild our lives. I'm so thankful for my community and re-engaged ladies that counseled with me during this time. In moments of despair and anger, they kept me focused on God and my issues, not Derek. When the world told me to turn from my marriage, they led me to God's word and will for our family. For the first time in my life, I became a follower of Jesus, not just a believer. I learned to put my trust and faith in him alone. It has been a journey with many painful bumps and bruises, but it has allowed me to heal and also forgive Derek. So it was in the middle of re-engage that God finally broke me down so that I could truly see him. I remember right where I was, physically standing, uh, when I understood the depth of my brokenness and how powerless I was to control anything. Uh, I was on my knees on the fifth step from our gate in my backyard, and I wondered what kind of evil really lurked in me. Why was I unable to heal myself and my marriage? Is this really the person that I am? Romans 7.18 says, For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. But God's provision for his people is his word and his people. And the Christian men God had put into my life spoke truth to me and helped me see my sin nature. God used these men to go over scripture with me and pray with me to show me that deep down, I hadn't trusted God with my heart and soul. It was, in, it was the instant gratification of lust, female attention, and success that I worshipped. I was looking over at Stacy and everywhere else for my happiness and not up to God for it. With that realization, I began my new life in Christ. As I did, my heart began to change, and Stacy and I began to heal our marriage the right way. Yay! <laughs> we don't have the perfect marriage. Thankfully, perfection is no longer the goal. The skills we learned in re-engage are good tools for us to be um, able to get through difficult times and conversations. To continue to grow in Christ, Derek and I both completed Regeneration, Watermark's recovery ministry. It helped us both work on knowing our sin natures so we can fight them. Although the battle still continues, we have joy in our wins and can celebrate them together. We are sitting here today as a couple who struggles well in marriage only because we have learned to trust the Lord and have a personal relationship with Him. We are really two broken people from two broken places who worked really hard to break each other down even more, but that wasn't God's plan for us. Galatians 5, uh, verse 16 and 24 through 25 say, so, so I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the, of the sinful nature. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. But what does that mean? What does it mean to keep in step with the Spirit? Well, for us, marriage 3.0, third time's a charm, is different. We now have a new life in Christ. We try to devote daily to reading God's Word. We put up protections to guard against unnecessary temptation, like making sure I have accountability when I travel out of town or when I make hiring decisions. We seek biblical counsel from our community and accountability partners, uh, some of whom are here tonight. 
uh, our community, and uh, or sorry, uh, we pray together now when we never did before. Uh, we're more intentional in leading our children uh, so that they can have a better understanding of Christ and in our dealings with one another. We try to serve each other and avoid selfish tendencies. There is confession and forgiveness when things go badly. We keep short accounts. Most importantly, we have changed our center. Now we look up to God and not over at each other for happiness and worth. Our prayer for your marriage is that each of you learn to identify the idols that are in your lives and the things of the flesh that control you and that you start to trust Christ with all of your heart and not those idols. We are both, strong, both closer to Christ than we've ever been before, and our marriage is stronger than it's ever been because of it. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you.